This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. Filmmakers Betsy West and Julie Cohen have a new documentary, and the serendipity of its timing and subject is uncanny. Gabby Giffords Won't Back Down is about not just the former congresswoman herself, but the gun safety crusade she made her own after the 2011 deadly shooting in Tucson that injured her and killed and hurt others. The spate of recent shootings and the legislation it spurred are in the news, as is Giffords herself, whom President Joe Biden just last week awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. The movie is also about politics, the politics of Gifford's career in Arizona and in Washington, and the politics of her husband, Senator Mark Kelly, who is running for re-election this year. Gabby Giffords Won't Back Down comes out in theaters on Wednesday, July 13th, and Weston Cohen are on the road talking about their movie, how it came together, and its subject. My interview with them came together a bit at the last minute, so the conversation might sound a little different since we recorded it in a small conference room at the Eaton Hotel in D.C. earlier this week. Any echoes or tinny sounds are entirely the fault of me not updating my long-suffering and antiquated iPhone. I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. Betsy West, Julie Cohen, thank you very much for talking about your new documentary, Gabby Giffords Won't Back Down. It's a little near and dear to my heart, being an Arizona native and and someone who covered the Mm -hmm. aftermath of of the shooting, her shooting in Tucson uh, back in 2011. It was a shock then, even with, you know, Arizona's very violent past. Uh, You know, Tombstone was just down the road and (laughs) from her district at the time. But let's let's talk, uh, before we get into just some of the sort of questions about how you contacted uh, the former congresswoman and and got, you know, this great footage that you have and so forth. I want to say, like, the timing couldn't almost be better with Giffords just got the Presidential Medal of Freedom last Thursday. She's in the news. I mean, she's in the news for sort of like grim stuff, too, because of a, a spate of shootings that won't seem to relent. But what, what, were, what was going through your mind when you said when you saw, oh, wow, she's going to be at the White House <laughs> accepting this Medal of Freedom for, for who she is, you know, an American hero? I mean, that was very exciting. And she called us to tell us, and we had no idea. She was actually in a car driving with her uh, executive director of Giffords, and uh, they said they wanted to tell us something. And then she said, Joe Biden. Medal of Freedom. <laughs> we were just, and she was so happy. It was a Zoom. So, you know, we were happy. But as you indicate, there have been a lot of um, timely events, some of them very tragic uh, in the past month or so. Uh, not that the issue of gun violence isn't always relevant, but just to have this spate of mass shootings has been uh, pretty upsetting. And then, of course, Texas and and Buffalo led to a uh, bipartisan, uh, you know, agreement on on gun legislation, the first in in three decades, really. So that's, you know, it's kind of uh, up and down in a way. And, 
you know, when you watch Gabby's reaction to these things, it's so interesting because when failures happen, when bad things happen, I mean, you can see how strongly she feels it, and yet her whole attitude is just move ahead, move ahead. And when, you know, there are uh, good moments, getting the Medal of Freedom, passing this legislation, again, her attitude is, it's fantastic and more. What more can we do? She's just a very resolute person. And it, it almost seems like the this bipartisan, you know, legislation that passed is almost exactly what she and her husband Mark Kelly have been talking about for years uh, since they formed this this gun safety group, which is that they're gun owners, they are not trying to take away guns from everybody, but they want common sort of common sense legislation, common sense like to prevail so that, you know, the wrong people don't get guns. Yeah, I mean, the legislation, um, I think, in both of their view, is a true significant step, although it does not go far enough. It doesn't kind of come close to some of the, some, some of the still fairly modest aims that they're, that they're going for. I mean, as you say, like common sense is the order of the day, which is why they were able to get such significant bipartisan support to, you know, the Giffords organization and Gabby herself has been pushing uh, for universal background checks for forever since it started, since the group started 10 years ago after the Newtown shooting. You know, right now background checks are only required if there's a licensed firearms dealer and they've been saying like, no, let's, you know, close. It's really not just the gun show loophole, it has to do with other sales from non-licensed dealers. Now the new law at least makes that true for 18 to 21 year olds. So now we have universal background checks if you're 21 or under, um, clearly that's a significant step given particularly the, you know, this situation where mass shooters are quite often young men. But that said, like expanding that to everyone who's 22 and up uh, certainly um, is something that should happen. Closing the so-called uh, boyfriend loophole has now been done. Like it's been true that uh, there can be a, a you know, that somebody can lose their gun rights and privileges for a domestic violence uh, conviction if they're married. That's like, that was always a pretty problematic law because a lot of domestic violence has to do with partners. Like, why should it possibly matter whether, you know, you're living together and have not, like, you know, gone before your clergy member? Um, so closing that loophole is a real significant thing. It's like so common sense that it's like, duh. And I think that's why, you know, uh, Gabby's so happy about this legislation. But she, this is really just the beginning of, you know, she is pushing for more. And I think thinks that there can be bipartisan compromise on going a little bit further than these provisions. And to the documentary, because, I mean, you, you get into so much of what she's been doing since, you know, since her, since she was shot, you know, but you get into her past, you get into her relationship with Mark. Uh, it, it's a it's a full documentary um, of which now you're you're both assembling this you know what I would guess in years to come will be a criterion collection of uh, you know culturally significant and politically powerful women documentaries <laughs> you know you have Ruth Bader Ginsburg you have uh, you know Julia Child Gabby Giffords so what was it like approaching her because you know they they have been careful with her media appearances i mean obviously they want to be sensitive to the aphasia and and 
and her you know condition of, of having difficulty with language after being shot. What was that process like and how long did it take to get to start the project? Yeah, I mean, we were very lucky because uh, producer Lisa Erspammer, who eventually became our producer on this project, approached us. She had met Gabby and Mark some years ago and had always thought that Gabby would make a tremendous documentary, had kept in touch with her. And so uh, it was two years ago in uh, I think April of 2020 that uh, Lisa approached us out of the blue and uh, because she had the idea that perhaps we would connect with Gabby, you know, I think because of the RBG documentary, which is a favorite of Gabby's. And um, she said, would you like to meet? And we set up this Zoom call at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was kind of unusual. We weren't all used to dealing on Zoom. And then there was the added issue of um, Gabby's aphasia. And we were kind of wondering, how's this going to work to communicate virtually with a person who has some language issues? And, you know, that Zoom call was pretty extraordinary. <laughs> I mean, you know, the first thing that happened after the introductions uh, and, and Senator Kelly was there and Gabby was there was that she that Gabby lifted up her foot and showed us that she was wearing RBG socks. <laughs> and, you know, it was just such a great way to telegraph so many things and I think really uh, demonstrative of how Gabby finds ways to communicate when sometimes words are difficult. And then, I mean, Julie can describe the rest of the <laughs> Zoom call because it was pretty extraordinary. Yeah, the Zoom call was so good that it really, <laughs> yeah. it really iced the whole thing right there. We were texting each other as we sometimes do during Zooms, um, saying like, yes, we want to make this film. <laughs> Um, basically, uh, soon after the sock uh, incident, all, you know, pretty quickly, we were all just sort of laughing and connecting. Gabby is just a genius at connecting. That's been true her whole career. You might think, is that going to go away if, um, you know, if someone has so much of a struggle to say long or complex sentences? And the fact is, she's just as great a connector as she's always been. So she and her husband, the uh, then not yet Senator uh, Mark Kelly, decided that they were going to take their iPad and take us on a little tour of their Tucson home. And um, we saw a bunch of things. I don't really remember everything they showed. <laughs> some, pa some pictures, some paintings, family, some photos, pictures, some photos. I think I know where yeah. this is going. <laughs> yes. I think. And then, yes, and then they end up, um, you know, you know, they have sort of two kitchens, and they end up in the in the second kitchen. They open up the freezer, and there, next to the frozen empanadas, they pull out this Tupperware thing and kind of unwrap in this crinkly paper this huge thing which we kind of were like looking at each other like not sure what it was and then it became clear and they explained to us this is the portion of Gabby's skull that was removed after she was shot to help protect her from the dangers of the brain swelling that happens when you have that kind of serious injury and they showed us not just the skull itself but then the model that shows you how much of her head the portion of removed skull encompasses. And to be having like a lively, boisterous conversation <laughs> with this person, realizing like, whoa, like that's the amount of her skull that was removed. It was like shocking, but it was also hilarious. We were, yeah, we were shocked. Then we were laughing. I think it's so indicative of the way that Gabby and Mark deal with this tragedy. 
you know, the acceptance of what has happened to Gabby and then just moving on. It wasn't long after that when Mark is closing up the freezer and, you know, Gabby just says, okay, Sarah, Sarah, what will be will be and I'm moving on with my life. And that really is the way they, they deal with everything. It, it is, it, it, it's kind of amazing for those, for people like myself who, you know, were covering Giffords before her injury, before the shooting, and, and afterwards. I mean, it really is the same person, but just, as you said, just expressing in a different way. And that person is truly like, regardless of politics, regardless, of, it, it, I mean, there is a reason that she was sort of, you know, thought of as, as this rock star, which she has become, you know, that she is this cultural figure now that is just truly extraordinary. Yeah, you know, we were not um, yeah. aware of, Gab we, we both are New Yorkers and learned about Gabby Giffords through the shooting in 2011, and that's when we learned she was a rising member of Congress. And I'll say, as we got to know her for this documentary, in the early stages, we were asking is her has her personality remained so like I had a theory that like oh maybe the negativity part of her brain I mean that sounds like I'm being facetious but I'm but I'm not I, like was has has like the negativity depressive like downer side of her was somehow that injured like how is this person so relentlessly optimistic all the time and then for putting together the, the archival footage we start seeing what she was like in her early political career and frankly also in her you know childhood and you yeah. know uh doing the tire commercials for her family's tire business it's like no that's just this person's personality this is someone who's just exudes like joy at all times and one thing that I find really interesting about the documentary is that it you're able to show her kind of a political biography, which begin, begins to sort of merge with Marx, but you're also sort of educating people about aphasia, <laughs> too, which is now more in the news, I think, not, not just because of her, but, you know, this is, you know, Bruce Willis retired, the right. actor, because he has a, it, it, it wasn't from a traumatic brain injury, like... Gabby Giffords, but like now people are starting to realize that this is something that is out there that it, that, it, that we're starting to diagnose, and you it it almost becomes a medical mystery as you trace through the years, and you've got this incredible footage. Was that tough for them to part with some of that coverage? Because I mean, you you show some very vulnerable moments when she's recovering, like within days of yeah. being shot. Yeah, again, their openness is pretty extraordinary. And on that first phone call, uh, Mark said, you know, I set up a video camera pretty early on in Gabby's recovery. And, you know, the tapes are all over the place, but I think maybe I can gather them together. And we immediately thought, yes, we'd like to see this. When the materials, materials started to come in, it was just extraordinary, as you say. I mean, to see someone barely out of a coma, you know, can just only lift a hand and, and you know, it's just so disoriented, slowly come back uh, with the help of physical therapists. And um, it allowed us, you know, we learned a lot about how the brain recovers from an injury like this. And, um, you know, the extraordinary therapists who worked with Gabby over and over again. And then the role of music in recovery, uh, because I didn't know this, but you know, your language of Gabby was shot in the left side of her brain where the language center resides. So that was a very profound injury, but apparently music lives in different places different in her brain, different spots. And so 
that is a way that therapists use to, to help people recovering from aphasia, and not just people who've been shot, like Gabby. You know, most of the people suffering from aphasia uh, are from strokes and from other injuries. And we've had people already, I mean, the movie is just coming out now, but a lot of people who've come up to us and said, yeah, you know, my grandpa had that, my mother had that. You know, when you see somebody who is just so debilitated and thinking, well, maybe they can get better, and you see Gabby get better, and it does give you some hope. Well, and I, I think also, you know, fortunate for Gabby that she has this encyclopedic knowledge of, of I mean, we're, we're the same, she and I are the same age, so it was like my playlist, too. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that you, uh, but you also, uh, I think you made a, uh, had this quip at South by Southwest, where I, I first saw the, the, the movie, you said that you you did not account for the budget that you would need yeah. because she's constantly singing yeah. <laughs> yes. all these very expensive songs right. by Tom Petty and Bob Dylan right. and, and you know what have you uh, was would it, at a certain point where you started to think oh this is so great and then you think like oh wait we've completely destroyed our budget yeah I mean we were thinking like truthfully that you do think about that kind of stuff when you're making docs so we thought about it from the very start I mean pretty early on when we were with Gabby in the garage and she's getting ready for her ride on a recumbent bike and she sings and just keeps singing she went through uh she went through the you know Sirius XM's 80s on 8 channel which I'm a fan <laughs> of too always listen to it on a on a plane and she's singing along pretty verbatim to every single song and like but each one and we were actually the cinematographer was in a the van like in front of her so that we could get the movie shot and we were in that van too and we're watching on monitors and we're seeing the whole side and each song we didn't include them all in the film each song was so great and like she's you know singing with such verb as she's singing um aha's take on me and she's like as she's in the middle of a like you know peddling her little bike she's like oh trash and then she runs over with her little trash picker to put it and it's like that's such a cute scene but it completely has the singing we had the u2 that she's singing when she's getting ready and we're looking at each other like you know like here goes the budget yeah yeah it was expensive but worth it I, and also, I mean, you know, not, not that South by Southwest isn't just very welcoming of documentaries and political documentaries, and particularly political documentaries about women in the West. But this, this like screening that I went to, it was in the middle of the day, and it was packed. I mean, granted, she was there, <laughs> Mark Kelly was well, there, yes. uh, but but it was. I haven't seen a lot of. I mean, there were. There were other movies. I'm sure the Nick Cage movie was sold out too. Uh, but th- this was right up there with like you know the Tony Hawk and like these big sort of superstar kind of things. Did have you had that kind of reaction in to to a screening of your documentaries before? Well, certainly uh, with Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> when she was in the house. Yes. yes. Uh, there were a yeah. lot of people with their cell phones out. Uh, but Gabby has a similar star quality. People really respond to her. They love to see Gabby Giffords. And, you know, I think that that she and Senator Kelly drew an audience um, to that screening. And it was wonderful to have them there and, and, you know, have Gabby enjoy seeing her her own story uh, was, was really pretty thrilling for us. Did did your access did it did it get strained any a little bit when with the campaign that was going on because Mark you know, was in this very 
you know, tough race. It was very close, among the closest in the country. And, you know, it was also during COVID. Right. <laughs> what yeah. was the access like when it became a little bit more of a political campaign? Yeah. So first of all, for the COVID situation, we were very much helped that uh, this story was based in Tucson, Arizona. So during, could be during, yeah, so during the, <laughs> the heat, literally, of the campaign uh, through the fall of 2020, we just did everything outside. We didn't do any uh, filming indoors at all until... Just really happy until she's after, not from Maine yes, or something exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if we could have done it. Like, yeah, it, I, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. until after vaccines came out that we did any indoor um, filming for this uh, project at all. And as far as the political thing, you know, we worried about what you said, and then it didn't really happen. I don't know how the campaign team you know, I don't know if they always felt great that we were going to have this behind the scenes access, but like once we were connected, like it was the char- the main characters, the stars themselves, Gabby and, you know, at this point, Senate candidate Mark Kelly, who like were in their home, were there when they're filming commercials, were, you know, doing a bunch of rallies and their view was just like, you know, follow this. They understood and we understood that Gabby was our main character and that her role in the campaign was really what we wanted to focus on. We weren't going to get too focused on, you know, we did show a little bit of, um, of Senator Kelly's debate with, uh, with Martha McSally just to give you a taste of how contentious and uh, this, whole, this whole race was and what a tight race it was, but we really didn't get into like, you know, his positions on every single issue because that's not a fun movie to go see. Um, so I think that, that may yeah. have helped. Like there was yeah. kind of a limit to the hardcore politics. I guess when you get the kind of buy-in from, you know, two people that are that big, I mean, they maybe some candidates can be a little pushed around by their consultants, but the astronaut and the woman who was shot yeah. in the head and, <laughs> did, and didn't right. die right. are not the people that you can push around. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, Mark is a very cool and steady guy, you know, and yeah. it, the Cops, cop son, astronaut, right. fighter exactly. pilot, right. he's not, yeah. not rattled. He is not rattled. And, no, you know, and campaigns can be a little crazy and people are running around and doing everything. And he's just totally on it, very focused. And um, as you say, once he had bought into the idea of doing a film about his wife, a film for which he provided some of the very key uh, cinematography. Um, yeah, it worked out quite well. And this is available more widely on Friday the 15th? It's July. available so on Wednesday, Wednesday. the 13th. In theater okay. starts with a special oh, promotional, uh, you know, early preview screening in theaters across the country where okay. we do a Q&A with Gabby afterwards that Nina Totenberg um, moderates. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the kickoff. Yeah, it's the 13th, okay. and then it's in theaters after that. Okay. If you go to www.gabbygiffordswon'tbackdown.com, mm-hmm. then put in your uh, zip code and it shows you the closest okay. theater. Um, you know, there are over several hundred in across the country. And is this a, a part, uh, this will this eventually be streaming on CNN, right? Is there, is eventually it, it will be shown on CNN probably much later okay. this year. It'll probably also be streaming at some point. But right now, you know, we really hope that people 
have an opportunity to see it on a big screen. You can only see Thor, Love and Thunder so many times. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. And, you and know, everybody's seen Top Gun now exactly. too. Exactly. So. Yeah, you think Top Gun, Top Gun, we've got a cooler Navy fighter pilot in our in our film. And Someone who's actually real. In terms real. of like, yes, in terms of like, somebody who can face down anything and like resilient superhero champions like i haven't seen thor but like i know gabby's got thor beat. Yeah. well thank you so much uh betsy julie i really appreciate uh, you talking to political theater nice to be here to you